hello. Welcome to episode 377 of Sack Kings Therapy. Uh, we are coming to you after the Kings play genuinely one of the ugliest games I've ever watched. It, To quote a great man, to quote Will Hardy, it was a true masterpiece of dog shit that I just watched. Um, Fong is with me. But he did not watch the game. But I, I have, I have ways for him to contribute to this episode. Are you ready, Fong? I am. <laughs> okay. So, you, 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 so you know about the injuries to the to the Grizzlies uh, roster. There are a lot, and they like it's not even fair to like the jokes are of course like you, you don't play the Memphis Grizzlies anymore. You play the Memphis Hustle. But this game, they literally play the the spirit of of the Memphis Hustle because holy shit, so many guys got injured. So we're gonna play a game. Name me the guys that you think played in this game. Just anyone, anyone that you think is on the Grizzlies team, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna tell you whether they played or not. Oh shoot, <laughs> you kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> uh. And just say anyone on the Grizzlies. I, I don't care who you say. So you can actually say John Moran if you want. He did not play in this game, so oh. for example. <laughs> so John didn't play? <laughs> he did not play. I want to see how many you get that actually play. So there were uh, eight people that played. There were only eight active players for this game. They had to go to the G League, and they were only able to muster up eight people. That's how bad they were injured. So I'm assuming Bane's gone. Bane's gone. Oh, God. After Jaw, well, no, Jaw's gone. I know Steven Adams is gone. Steven Adams is gone. He did not play in this game. Well, he's been out, right? He's been out. Jeez, who else is there? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Derek Rose is out. He's out, yep. Uh, oh, man. This list is long. <laughs> it goes this... real far down. God, can, can we just assume all the starters are gone, including so John? No, so no, there is one starter. One starter? Man, I, I'm trying to muster up um, who is <laughs> still in the <laughs> who's still in the Grizzlies at the moment. Let, let me know ja when you want to give up. Is it JJ? J Jaron Jackson did play. He's the one. He's the one starter. Okay. Uh, Tillman? If... Tillman did play. I was actually going to give you a clue on that. I was going to say, like, he did, he was drafted by the Kings, technically. Yeah. Mm. Who else is there? Oh, Zaire? No, he, he was hurt. Oh, <laughs> That's my one of the gosh. guys that was hurt. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. That's, I'm not gonna lie. I think that's pretty much all I could think of. Okay, so I'll, I'll just read you the injury, the, the guys that from from top to bottom. So John Conchar was out. Zaire Williams was out. Vince Williams, who has been a revelation for them, like they signed him to like a four year contract, I think for like eight million dollars. That is a huge steal. Derek Rose mentioned Luke Kennard was out. Um, Jake Laravia, oh. I don't think you know who that is. No, um, Desmond <laughs> Bain, Marcus Smart. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'll okay. be honest. I um, I almost forgot he was on this team, honestly. But uh, <laughs> Brandon Clark has been out since last year. So the guys that played in this game. So 
the the aforementioned Jaron Jackson, Santi Aldama, who was almost felt like the best player on the on the Grizzlies for a lot of the game, and that's that's telling you just how bad down bad they are. Tillman, David Roddy, and this is a name I think you'll be surprised by, Scotty Pippen Jr. Really, he was not good this game. <laughs> okay, is, well, I... he is he is not good, <laughs> but. He was two for four from three, so good, good, good for him. Uh, so this is interesting. Matt Hurt, he literally got called up from the G League today, and he has one of the funniest jump shots I've ever seen. And it, it looks like he just got the animation for Bobol. He shoots like Bobol, and like you want to talk about a shot put catapult, like it is, it is a catapult from shot. Um, Gigi Jackson, like we we did a we did mm. a draft analysis on him, and Jacob Gilliard. Who's basically like it's basically like Memphis try to clone Tyus Jones, but you know he's just a bit younger and just isn't there yet. Basically, yeah. That those are the eight guys that played. Yeah. So basically, I imagine from the entire well, you you name two guys, so like that's two out of eight. It's just basically again just a corpse, a spirit, the 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 ashes of the Memphis hustle the Kings played against. And this game, in this game, they played the Kings tough. How did they play the Kings tough? Well, I I'll give credit to the to the Memphis the Memphis Spirits, whatever you want to call them. Like they played hard, and you know they they just came in and just like they had a fight about them. They had nothing to lose, and they just played as hard as they could. They didn't have the talent to match the Kings by any means. But they simply just came in with a purpose and they just played hard. Outside of that, it was all Kings just fucking themselves in the face the entire game. They turned it over 19 times. They were uh, 11 of 38 from three. Now, now, this I will defend them by saying this. They got a lot of open threes. But holy shit. They could not, for the life of them, hit any of them, it felt like. They missed so many open threes. It's And, like, they got a bunch of actually really, again, wide-ass open threes where they weren't hitting. They were shooting so bad. At one point, I just said, you know what? Like, the Kings are actually getting to the rim. They might as well just shoot contested layups for the rest of the game because they are not hitting from three. It was just... <clears throat> Ugly, ugly, ugly. And the 19 turnovers, it felt like 30 turnovers. Where there was one that, I, I talked to you about this, that just straight up made me slap my leg like I was doing a super kick in wrestling. Where uh, the Kings get a stop in the fourth quarter. I think they were down at that point. And De'Aaron Fox comes comes up, come, comes up the court. No pressure on him. And then he passes it to Harrison Barnes. No pressure on him. And Harrison just drops the ball out of bounds. It, that pissed me off. And it was a encapsulation of just how fucking bad the Kings were. Uh, so I, I'm just going to say to assume that both Fox and Sabonis were only the guys that could go inside well enough. Um, uh, no, here's the thing. I thought a lot, I thought everyone actually went inside pretty well. Like Harrison was five for 15, but I thought whenever he went inside, good things actually happened. And it was just one of those games where look, the, the game plan was fine. They got all like, I cannot stress to you how open a lot of their threes were, but it, they just bricked, bricked, bricked and bricked. 
and it's just oh my god and then of course just the turnovers were the ones that did it for me it is just it, it like the way i describe this game the kings if they were just a regular dog shit team they would have been up by 20 they would have won going away but they had to really dig themselves into that pile of dog shit and just dig out an absolute masterpiece of dog shit to actually get this game as close as it did. Yeah, and this is with, I'm assuming everyone's healthy, with a healthy starting lineup, too. Sasha was the only one that was out for the, out for the king. Oh my gosh, that's, I would say that's pretty embarrassing, not gonna lie, <laughs> having a almost full, well, fully healthy team versus, uh, yeah, a bunch of... Uh, only two guys that I could name off of uh, that's actively playing for the and, Grizzlies. And only one of them that's actually an NBA player. Santi Aldama is not good. David Roddy is not good. Xavier Tillman is not good. Jaron Jackson's the only one that really belongs in an NBA court. And they they played the Kings tough. Like it, it was truly one of the worst games I ever watched. I was debating, had the Kings lost this game, would this be the worst loss of the season? I still don't know because I think the Suns game was was worse just because they they dominated that team for 42 minutes and just gave it away at the end. But at the same time, it was Kevin Durant. It it was, well, I want to say it was Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. They were terrible that game. And Grayson, and then it was Grayson Allen too. So like, yeah, yeah, at least had NBA like stars and players. This game is Jared Jackson, and that's it. And again, they just about beat you. And honestly, probably should have beat you. Well, I mean, how easy we got the win. And box score sure doesn't show it if you don't look at those 19 turnovers, of course. Um, yeah, up, what, nine points? So, I mean, that first quarter that I'm seeing right now, uh, in terms of, like, the numbers, that's that's not looking so great. That's all I can say. So like just the just a note going into this game. So I did not watch the first half live. I, I had I knew that the Kings had cut it to three points. And like, look, my excuse, I guess, like just watching the box score was just saying for the first half anyway. I, I did watch the second half, not live, but I did not know what was gonna happen. There there was a bit of worry that I thought the Kings actually lost this game. But in the first half, like like I'm I'm reading the tweets every like Kings Twitter is having a meltdown because again you're playing against just a depleted skeleton crew like and you and they're beating your ass like in the first half they managed to you know get it to a three point game by the end of the by the end of the half and I that I knew that score and the, and that's like I'm just saying to myself like look this is just what the Kings do they're going to get back into it they're going to get their shit together and they're going to beat they're going to beat this team because the, the kings they have a habit of starting out slow but then like they get their offense going and they simply start out talented teams uh think the spurs earlier this season where the spurs jumped out to a 28 to 5 lead and they managed to come back by simply playing like a normal team and that's what i was expecting in the in the first half like knowing that they were going to get it to four or three i think it was three by halftime when the second half started, oh, the nerves. They started hit, and I felt the emotion where they played like such dog shit. Like in the first half, I was just kind of making the excuse where, look, in the first quarter, 
Memphis is hitting all their threes. And Santi Aldama was the biggest, was like the guy that kept hitting these bullshit ass threes where I'm just like, yeah, like the it's kind of contested. They're long ass threes. There was one where like he put the ball on the floor and did like a step back and it went in. I'm just like, look, that's not maintained. That that's not sustainable. And the and the Kings were missing all of their threes. So I'm just thinking. Look, they're just gonna they're just gonna start hitting a few threes, get their offense in, in check. That's gonna feel like you know get them better on defense, and it, it'll be an easy game. Second half starts, same shit, same shit happened, and I that and this is without me knowing the result. And I'm just like, holy fuck, they don't if they don't pick up their act, they're they legitimately might lose this game. And they they took a lead, um, like in the middle of the third, didn't relinquish it for the entire quarter, and they started to look like. A little bit more competent but there was some bullshit kind of just stuck in kind of stuck in between where they would just again randomly turn the ball over for no reason there were so many possessions where it wasn't a turnover but like they would just bobble the ball they would like lose the ball and it just kills the entire flow of their offense it was so bad and then in the fourth quarter the memphis grizz the, the grizzlies took the lead back and boy it looked bad because guys like gg jackson he started hitting his threes after missing basically the entire game and i was like holy fuck they the kings might actually lose this but luckily they picked up their shit just enough to be able to eke out this win and i don't care that as a nine point win well like i do care because a win is ultimately a win but holy shit it like this was one of those games where if it was if this was in Sacramento, they would not have been chanting like the beam up until the buzzer. <laughs> because they're the entire time you're like, they're they're gonna do something stupid, are they? Like they were like they were up three, they're gonna they're gonna give up a three. And they were up five. Oh, they're gonna give up two threes for no reason. They were up nine. I was like, with like 30 seconds ago, I'm like, there's no way, right? And like, <laughs> seriously, had this been in golden one, the, the fan the fans would have just been clinched their fist and just not be they they would not be brave enough to say like the bee because holy shit it was so bad uh, god yeah. I'm, i don't know what to say i mean it's just another night of butter hands and missed shots miss open good shots i'm assuming so we just i guess have to hope that next game we're gonna be hitting shots i guess I, I guess, like, it, on the bright side, you had 19 turnovers, you shot under 30% from three, and you still won a game technically going away. You also, again, were very close to losing a game where the Grizzlies shot 37.5% from the field. They, and they they and also, like, they didn't shoot great from three. They don't have shooters, really. Mm. They shot 36% from three. But they did keep themselves in this game by getting to the free throw line. Like, Jared Jackson just bullied his way to the rim a lot. Honestly, he should have just kept, like, bulldozing his way to the rim. There, there were a lot of possessions where I thought he was just a little soft and tried to do floaters as opposed to just going strong to the rim and just using his body. But, like, just... The, the Grizzlies really did give the Kings a scare by simply, again, just playing hard and, you know, just compensating for their lack of talent. And the Kings just, they could not beat themselves. It, it really was just a battle between them and themselves. No disrespect to the Grizzlies. The, the, this game was close, not because the Grizzlies, like, played incredible. They didn't. They, like, they shot 37% from the field. 
but it was just the Kings being the just being the absolute worst version of of themselves. Like you want to talk about like you know uber bosses in like Diablo. Like the Kings played against like the uber shit Kings was what it felt like. Yeah, well, I mean, at least we have one more chance to hopefully redeem ourselves against the Grizzlies in March because we played them one more time. And who knows like what the team will be like in uh, by that time because uh, I don't know how these injuries are going to fare off for the Grizzlies. It's not going to get any better. Like, you might get Vince Williams back. Like, he's good. That's not going to change much, like, really. I'll say this, though. They'll probably play the Kings tough. And it's gonna be so annoying to watch, and like they might, they they very much might lose. Um, which, by the way, look, it's frustrating for us Kings fans. Okay, I I get it. I am all I. We also just came off a weekend where the Thunder lost to the lost to Detroit, and the Thunder mm-hmm. were healthy. These kinds of bad losses do happen every now and then. Now, of course, th- there's been too many of these to like let the Kings get away with this, but. Sometimes it just happened. I don't know what to tell you. Oh yeah. I mean what's what's worse? Losing against this kind of team or you know Detroit? Well, they're the same team. <laughs> I, I don't I don't that's actually a tough one. I would say this one just because again, you're you're fighting against such a depleted team with really only one NBA player on the entire roster right now. And yeah, I I hope we don't have to ex- experience this, but uh, again, I mean, but boy, like I'm glad the Kings actually ultimately did pull it out, but you know they they gotta pick like it it happens. Like I'm not like had they just lost this, like I wouldn't freak out about it that much because ultimately, like you know, in in the future, like a few a few weeks past, you're not gonna remember this loss. It had they lost this game, I don't think. But like, if the Kings like are in the play-in and they miss the and they miss the playoffs, like you're gonna point to this game like in the future, and you're just like honestly, the Kings don't look like a serious team. <laughs> like it's kind of the takeaway from this. Like, had they lost this game, yeah, I mean, halfway through the season, still a lot of time to pick it up. So, I mean, who knows? <laughs> oh, uh, either go up or down from you know, by that time. So hopefully only going up because, oh. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. I have another funny thing to say about this. Because we're still, what, four more games? Uh, what you call it? Out of Golden State? Not Golden State. Golden, Golden one. one. So. Uh, yes, I believe that, yeah, this is the third game in a row on the road. It's a seven-game road trip. I believe we're in Miami next, if I remember right. Yep. And Indiana next, so mm. I, I don't know. Is Tyrese back? That'd he be... should be back. Yo, he'll, he'll be back <laughs> that, for the king for the Kings. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a scary. <laughs> That's gonna be a scary game. That is gonna be a scary game. But I, this is probably gonna come back to bite me in the ass. I think the Kings will play better for some reason. I, well, hopefully they against play... the Pacers better than they played against them in the Golden One. I'll say that. Oh, yeah, we'll see. But first, we should play better, just as good as in Miami first, I guess. The, who, by the way, Miami lost last lost their last seven. You need a get right game. Oh, are we going to see a Terry Rozier? Oh no! You're, oh, you're seeing Terry Rozier. 
You gonna oh, see he, Tyler Hero? I'm I'm expecting big gains from them. Not gonna lie. I honestly expect them to absolutely light up the Kings from three. Honestly, but uh, um, I guess I don't know. I don't know if this means anything. The Grizzlies had lo- had won three of their last four. Their only loss to them to their only loss was to the Pacers. Um, actually, last night, um, they lost by six. So like this team does, they get it done. <laughs> for some reason and also about a week ago they beat or two weeks ago i think they beat the warriors and that was like a huge like blow to the warriors because they needed wins so it, it's the, like sure they don't have the talent but like again it, there is something to to be said for a team that just plays hard as hell to, that just catches like teams off guard like even championship level teams or you know with uh, teams with a lot of championship experience off guard it is oh. what it is Oh yeah. So, yep, yeah, it was a rough watch, but the Kings do pull it out. They do prove that they can actually beat the Grizzlies without basically all their players. And uh, yeah, let's just move on and just never think about this game ever again. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, do you have anything you want to mention about this game before we just move on? No, like I said, hopefully we bounce back against Miami because Miami. That's that's a toss up, really. At this point, any any of these games is a toss up. As regular season, Miami is just it's, it's just they're so weird. Like I don't know. Like I think we have a good chance, but as you said, probably fifty fifty, honestly. But like they're not the same team that we see in the playoffs. If we ever uh, do see them in the playoffs, yeah. I mean, I know uh, it's not accurate by means but when i saw the win probability in the beginning of this game for the memphis game against the kings um yeah 71 percent or 72 something like that in favor of the king so <laughs> by logic logic by... logic would dictate that but this has not been a very logical team to say the least no so hopefully they get their act together in some sort of way but just clean up those turnovers somehow hit shots at that that part i don't even know how to tell tell them how to hit shots at that point yeah okay uh i do want to shout out some bonus so bonus really did keep them keep them in this game 20 points 26 rebounds and five assists it's hard to get assists when your guys don't hit shots so um the, the he was incredible this game he was he kept them in this game and like tried to will them to, to a victory in this game. And without a bonus, they would have been down 20. Like he was incredible, just too big for anyone on the, uh, on the Grizzlies. And just, he imposed his will upon this game and was really the only guy that was good, good throughout the game. Even though like his hands were pretty bad at times, but man, like what, what this team would do without Sabonis sometimes. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh okay, moving on. So this is just an observation I've had uh, on Twitter, on King's Twitter. I don't know how big of it is, if if it's a real thing. But I uh, we I've talked about not wanting Zach Levine just because like I don't think he improves the team all that much. I don't think he's like a crazy. I don't think he's that much better than Herder, but he makes like twice the salary. Um, and that's kind of why I don't want him on this team, just mainly because of the salary. I've been seeing a lot of Ben Simmons talk lately. What? All I have to say 
is no, no, no. Zach I mean, Levine makes $40 million. He's a fine player. He's a very good player, actually. He makes $40 million. I don't want any part of that. Ben Simmons earns just under $40 million and is a much worse player. Don't stop. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, he just came back, too. So yeah, And he was good. He was I good. Mean, yeah, sure. Plus 27, um, five for five. Oh, I have an assist. I mean, sure. Stay the fuck sure. away from the Kings. Stay the fuck away. Stay the fuck away, Monty. Yeah, Don't do I, it. I remember those days, like, a few years ago, where there was a lot of Ben Simmons talk. And this was, you know, towards the uh, beginning of his downfall, I remember, guess. Remember what I said. If you were going to trade Tyrese for Sabonis, you might as well have done it for Ben Simmons. And oh, holy shit, how bad that would have looked right now oh god and some people think that we traded for ben simmons honestly because like a lot of people there's still like a contingent of people out there that basically said how did the kings trade away hot tyrese halliburton who has turned into an all nba guard like the leading vote getter in the all-star game he has become an absolute stud and how did the kings trade him away they never mentioned this a bonus part they really do pretend like we traded for ben simmons yeah, <laughs> well, hopefully that will still not happen because, dear God, I don't know how the trade would work. <laughs> I don't want back then. I remember it was like what three, four picks if we weren't going to consider any players attached. Well, it was we if we wouldn't consider Tyrese or De'Aaron at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. No, we're, he's not. You're not getting any of that. And like that, the thing with getting like Levine and Ben Simmons is that you have to include both Herder and Barnes, who have been really good. Hey, Barnes didn't have a great game this game, but I thought he was still like I felt him out there. Well, and boy, the Memphis crowd did not like his two steps. They, I think they called travel every single time he did the two step, and I thought it was really funny. But like those two guys have been really good lately, and it's actually. Kind of like, it's going to be kind of hard to trade them now. Like, in terms of, like, the emotional attachment. Like, I don't really want to trade Barnes anymore. I don't really want to trade Herder anymore. And, yeah, like, I'm not doing that for Ben Simmons. Oh, no. I mean, if anything, just run it back. If we can't really find a good trade for the right price, really, it definitely, definitely not Ben Simmons. Um, For your Zach Levine, I mean... No, stay stay away. Yeah, okay. I, there are there is a contingent of people that do want Zach Levine, and I get it. He scores well. You have to give up too much to get him. And like same thing with kind of the Pascal Siakam thing that gave the Kings pause. That's your that's your move. You can't make any moves after that because your your salary is fucked for the next few years, essentially. Um, now, for for better or for worse, like you cannot make moves after that. I mean, does the Chicago or Nets have anyone else to you know provide us? I, I mean, the Nets they have Dorian Finney, like you know they they have Mikael Bridges, um, and you know like Bulls do have Caruso, but like the the price tag I've heard on him is all over the place. Like I've I've read I've read on it's on Twitter, so I don't know how legit it is. Like some some are using like three first round picks, two first round picks. They're probably getting one. So, like, it's just, I, I don't know anymore. 
there there uh. was there was this one guy um on on uh bulls twitter and i'm pretty sure he's trolling but there was a package where basically he said you know we'll give you zach levine you're giving us two picks you're giving us keegan you're giving us harrison and you're giving us i think it was kessler <laughs> what <laughs> for who again uh zach levine uh-huh. <laughs> you know bless bless your soul sir go get some help <laughs> go get some help and his justification of why the kings would do this they're the kings they traded away Halliburton. yeah so that, that that's what i mean by like I, I feel like they think we traded for ben simmons yeah oh man well i guess i would just look elsewhere because dear god we're not Hi, listeners. We have partnered with HYV Designs to bring you a discount on their store. Please go to etsy.com slash shop slash H-Y-V-D-E-S-I-G-N-S and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount on their items. They have everything from King's Light the Beam memorabilia to BTS light sticks to Genshin Impact coasters and much more. Check out their store on Etsy.com and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount. Link in the description. Okay, quickly uh, st- to stay with the Kings, but jump to another uh, topic. Uh, so uh, Sam maybe came out with a new article with some bonus, and it basically just talks about like what he did over the summer and his kind of quest is essentially to stay, to like stay ready and keep improving, and just you know keep growing his game. So he talked a he talked a lot about kind of this new diet that he's on. And how he basically had to, he went gluten-free. He, he No pasta, no bread, no Italian, uh, like a lo- not a lot of Italian food, basically. Like he loved Italian food. And apparently he gained weight, but he's like at a very low body percentage or fat, uh, body fat percentage at this point. He's like, I assume like less than 5% at this point. Like he looks ripped, don't you think? Oh yeah, he definitely looks <laughs> stronger than ever for sure. And Man, I don't know about that gluten-free diet because I had that bread and pasta, not going to lie. I started uh, trying out this oatmeal. So, like, I ke- I kept seeing these ads for uh, oats overnight. Have you have you seen, have you heard about that uh, company? Actually, it sounds familiar. I mean, how's that going? It's actually pretty good. I actually do like it, like, just having this oatmeal for breakfast now. Like, it, it is a teeny bit sugary for my liking. I think it's, like, seven grams of sugar. It's not a crazy amount, but it's, I, I, I don't want to eat as, like, I don't want to eat sugar if I don't have to. But, like, it's been it's been really good. So I'm trying out a new diet, hoping to get as fit as a bonus. And that's never going to happen. I love mm-hmm. food too much. But, uh. Anyways, apparently, uh, so he also talked about like his training regimen during the off season. So he's in Napa and LA a lot, and he talked a lot about his home in Napa, where apparently he has a home gym, which that makes sense. Uh, you know, he's rich; he can afford one, mm-hmm. and he uses a basketball gym at a school two minutes from his house. And uh, also, apparently, Doug basically moved to Napa for a short stretch to, to train with some bonus. And he tried these really interesting drills to help uh, Sabonis. And particularly with his finishing, which 
Uh, Leandro Barbosa also helped out, but apparently there's a drill that he does where Sabonis would sit down on a chair, I guess, near the rim, and try to finish a layup while sitting down. So I thought that that was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, for us short guys, I mean, that's that sounds pretty tough. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. It, it would but, be very weird, yes. But, I mean, for a guy like Sabonis, I mean, how would I say it? I would say pretty good, uh, what's the word? Good balance in a way, I guess. Yeah, like, you know, just the, just that, like, work on his touch, you know? Like, I get, like, it kind of actually makes sense to a certain degree. Look, I'm not a, I'm not a workout, like, scientist, but, like, you know, I mean, Sabonis has been using his right hand a lot more than I've ever noticed last year. And, but, like, granted, there's some mixed results, but there are some nice, like, right-handed finishes in there. And, you know, like, you know, you, you need some in-game reps. And he's, he does seem to be improving, even though, like, I think his right hand is still a little suspect. But it is better. I can say that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully we'll get to see more shots from him as well, more jumpers, I mean. Yeah, so I'll talk. I'll I'll bring it up a little bit later. But in the Warrior game, he actually shot a jumper. Ah, he shot okay. a few actually, and like maybe it's just something he's saving for the playoffs, probably because like it was weird. Actually, I was like, oh, he actually he's actually gonna shoot it. So, anyways, um, so the player that we came out uh this uh today, and the only reason why I mention it, so the player the player of the week was Devin Booker from the West and Giannis Antetokounmpo from the East. Harrison Barnes was a candidate for player of the week. Now you missed. Now you did you did watch uh the 32 piece he he put up on the Hawks. But right after you left, he put up 39 against the, <laughs> against the Warriors. And yeah. did, did you catch the highlights from from that game? Oh, I was I was watching uh here and there on my phone actually during the game and Man, oh man, he hit those corners well. I'm not gonna lie. And the the most incredible thing, they went to him down low in the post, in, in crunch time, and he's he scored two buckets over Clay Thompson, which I thought was was just so extraordinary. It they he cooked Clay so bad on those two possessions. Now he didn't really cook him; he just shot over him. They they felt he was a big enough threat. So much so they had to put Wiggins on him for for a possession <laughs> in the post, and I'm just, what is happening? Like this, who is this man? And granted, he was he wasn't as efficient this game, but like he's kind of gotten his mojo back. Oh yeah, and this was a career high from him as well, right? Career high, and you know, like him and the Warriors, there's always a little, there's always a mini story going on there, you know. Like that was that was the team that drafted him. That's the team that basically abandoned him for KD. And honestly, let's be honest, all of us would do the same thing. But th- <laughs> there's some there there is some juice to that story right there. Yeah, I mean, congrats to him. Hopefully, he keeps this up. I mean, even though this game um, didn't shoot well, but I mean, at least he still has other weapons to you know go to. Look, these shot attempts are kind of what matter to me. Like, sure, he didn't make a lot, five for fifteen, but the fifteen shots. Now that that is something. You, you got to be aggressive. Um, but yeah, so I I thought it was I thought it was really fascinating. I really I really wish he won it because like 
as far as I know, I think the Suns lost a few games. I mean, Booker had that 62 and they lost to the Pacers. So, hmm. you know, you talk about wins. I should have gone to Harrison. Yep. Pretty much. Okay. Well, that's all we have for the basketball and the Kings related stuff. Let's talk a little bit about some wrestling. So the Royal Rumble did happen. I had a short review about it. Um, for, well, let's just quickly get your thoughts. What were your thoughts about the uh, Royal Rumble? Um, I thought it was all right. Uh, not going to lie. Um, I wouldn't say anything too, too special. But, I mean, Bailey felt like, yeah, was the choice. And, uh, I mean, I guess you could say luckily in a way cody won the rumble i don't i don't know how what your thought about that would have been because we haven't really talked about it i thought they were gonna milk the cody thing and like make him win an elimination chamber like just keep that anticipation like he's going to be at a wrestlemania i've always thought it's just how is he gonna get to wrestlemania and i thought they were gonna let punk win this one so that he can get seth although like that plan even before you know We'll we'll talk about his injury even before the injury. Like I thought that he was gonna face Seth even with Seth's injury, and then they're gonna you know really milk it, uh, in elimination chamber for Cody to win the chamber to get to Roman. But instead, they just kind of like, you know what? Let's just let's just do let's just do it straight up and just have him win the Rumble and have him face Roman. And I actually forgot about this. This is a back to back win for Cody. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that's I that's totally right. I totally forgot he won the last one. That's right. I mean, how else would, <laughs> would he have uh, been in WrestleMania 39 and you know lost? Yeah, but it, so I, I I think it's a good choice. I think it is a problem. Well, like looking at it now, it's it the right choice. And you know, we'll like I I just hope for the love of God he wins it at this. He wins it at WrestleMania. I don't the the Roman thing has run its course like it's it's always the same old shit i just thought can they just change up the formula like solo did not need to get involved in that in that uh, fatal four-way like just have roman just win a match without any interference i thought they should have done with la knight i thought they should have done, done it in the jay uso match you didn't need interference but yeah it, it's really gotten old so like i really hope they just have cody finish the story I guess we shall see. But the one thing I did like um, from the Rumble was, uh, you know, the Uso starting out as one and two. That that was an interesting, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, start to the Rumble. Yeah, that was interesting. I just wish it led to more. There were some pretty funny spots where, like, anytime someone beat up Jay, Jimmy would try to, like, you know, dap them up and then you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. usually end up getting hit, getting slapped for it. But, like, yeah, I just wish it actually led to some stuff. Uh, we'll we'll see. They're probably going to face at WrestleMania. I, I don't know. I'm not really looking forward to that match. Usually, like, brother versus brother matches don't go all that well. And, like, their styles are so similar that I don't know if they would actually mesh as well in a in a singles match. We'll see. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, I honestly, I didn't have much to say about um the uh, men's Royal Rumble. I, I like the Bailey win. Like, this is going to set up a very... Probably a great storyline going into uh, going into WrestleMania. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so I did not really mention this. Well, th th did you did, did you read anything about the Vince McMahon allegations? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, we're not gonna dive deep into it. It's some it's some nasty shit. Um, so Brock Lesnar was supposed to be in this match, but oh, really? yes, yes, he was he was so the funny thing is he, Braun Breaker literally just replaced him in this match. So oh. apparently he was supposed Brock Lesnar was supposed to get eliminated by Dominic Mysterio, and that was actually gonna set up a match between him and Dominic Mysterio at Elimination Chamber, which that's actually kind of funny, <laughs> kind of yeah. interesting. Um, they might still do it with Braun. I, I don't. I don't know what the plan is, but yes. So the reason why he was out of this match, he is one of. He is suspected. So in the lawsuit, one of the people that the, the Vince trafficked that woman to is a is a former UFC champion, and there aren't that many guys that kind of cross over from the UFC to the WWE. I think it, the wording was, is a UFC champion and a former uh, world heavyweight champion. So that kind of really narrows down the narrows down the, the, the list. And I think a lot of people speculated it was Brock Lesnar. So that is one of the, that is pretty much the rumored reason that he wasn't at the Rumble. Ah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, some icky shit. Again, we're not, we're just not going to get into it. It's just, I don't. I mean, I I would recommend if you want to know the facts, but just understand it is a gnar, it is a nasty, gnarly shit. Honestly, if you want kind of a TLDR without it getting too graphic, well, he does actually talk about it. Like there are many channels that that actually do talk about it. Wrestle Talk did a great job. I think um, uh, Stephen Larson going raw did a good job. It is it, like if you do want to know the information. Um, you can go to those channels, but basically the Vince McMahon traffic trafficked a woman and used this, basically used this woman and emotionally manipulated her. And again, nasty shit, man should be in jail and, you know, probably should burn in hell for this. So will burn in hell for this. Like Vince McMahon is a nasty person. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, uh, Triple H will be taking over full time for creative at this point, huh? Well, he's been full time. Uh, Vince actually has been gone. the The funny thing about the TKO thing. So the reason why a lot of people think uh, Vince did did the TKO deal was that he could remain in creative. They they literally had him run creative for about a month, and then the the head of TKO, which is like the the merger between UFC and WWE. He basically said, "All right, we're gonna just have you do deals with for for uh, TKO now, like get TV deals." Now, of course, you heard the thing where like they signed a deal with uh, Netflix. That's correct. Uh huh. But like the guy that apparently closed that deal was a guy named Nick Khan. There wasn't that much oh. of a mention from uh, for Vince because. The te- technically, on paper, they do the same thing, and Vince doesn't really do that anymore. So. They basically kind of fucked him over. They they basically just had him sign on the dotted line. All right, you guys, you you guys um get like we're gonna merge, but I'm gonna get to stay in creative. They let him stay in creative for one month before removing him and giving him back to Triple H. It was actually pretty funny. He got he kind of got fucked over, to be honest. <laughs> and you know, like it's just it's just one of those things where like yeah, Vince Vince brought this on himself, and like I do not feel bad at him for getting 
for just basically getting tricked by um by Ariel Manuel Matt Manuel, who's the guy who who's the head of TKO now. And uh it's incredible to think like he Vince felt no shame, no guilt after that. So like the loss, remember when he left when he retired and was gone for a bit? It was because of the, because of this case. Ah. It, it, it just so it's it, the reason why we're hearing about it now is that the details have come out. And here's the thing: this is one case. There are many more women that he pay, that he paid to sh- to you know to sign to sign NDAs and not talk about this. Jesus. So yeah. more is to come for sure. More is to come because like the rumor is there's a these NDAs might not be enforceable because they you cannot you cannot um. An NDA isn't enforceable when you make someone when you force someone to sign it under pressure. So yeah, there's gonna be a lot more coming out, and it's it's probably only only gonna get worse from here. Which is ugh. yeah, fuck yeah, fuck Vince. I hope he stays the fuck away and honestly just goes to jail. I don't even know like if he ends up going to jail. He just the 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 justice system. He, guys like Vince can really. Let's just get away with a lot of shit, unfortunately. Sadly enough, yes. Okay. Yeah, sorry for getting into that uh, really dark shit and just kind of bring down the mood. Let's bring up the mood. We're, we're going to... Let's talk about what you really want to talk about. Niners versus Lions. Niners uh-huh. win. Uh-huh. After basically pulling the great one of the greatest comebacks of all time in football, talk talk to me about it. Not gonna lie, watch the whole first half. It felt like I had no hope at all when I saw twenty four and seven <laughs> in the first half. That at that point. You just got to have faith that the Niners turn around. And after seeing the Niners play the way they did in the first half, it wasn't looking pretty at all. I mean, Moody missed a wide-open field goal to give us the three, which, you know, it was far, to say the least, and it curved right, of course, but there's that. Uh McCaffrey gave us that one touchdown and yeah, it was, it was grim too. I can't imagine like the fans at the arena, which, you know, it was pretty majority uh, Niners fan, of course, but there was, there was quite a lot of Detroit fans. I'm not going to lie throughout those uh, stands. I I send you the meme of Bonte Hill with just his hands, with his face in his hands, he and the caption saying he was praying for some sort of miracle because like I, 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 I look I watched it sporadically because I, I was out doing something I watched going into halftime I saw the 24 to 7 uh 7 score and I just remember watching like right before it, it went into halftime the the quarterback for the Lions I, I forgot his name he was absolutely dissecting the 49er defense, you know, the, the, the 49ers, they cover right. He throws it left and like they cover left. He throws it right. Just perfect, like absolute slicing 
on the defense. And the Niners had nothing. Like they just looked dead in the water and 24 and seven, like that's pretty, that's pretty brutal. Like that's what, that's two, that's going to be two touchdowns and a field goal. And you're just like, look, the, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fucking miracle if the Niners can break out of this rut and actually make this a game. But that's exactly what they did. Oh yeah. We're, we're enough. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the Lions. Because one, they had a really good run offense to start the game, but they kind of dwindled towards the second half and started to, you know, have a pass heavy uh, offense, which for the most part, you know, it worked out in certain situations. But I mean, not, I, I just expected them to run for pretty much majority of the game because they were just doing so well. Those, first touchdowns uh well the second and third touchdown that they had all runs all like runs that we for some reason cannot we're not able to stop the Niners defense by the way because my gosh I I mentioned I think I don't know late last year saying that the Niners probably have one of the number one defenses in the NFL as of at that time (laughs) I can't say that now, sadly enough. And, you know, like credit to the Lions for just playing. They play free. They played, you know, bold, (laughs) to say the least. And, you know, look, there's a lot of parallels to kind of them and the Kings in a way where they, you know, they broke a long playoff drought and they actually, you know, they really turned it around. And they they were rising. They legitimately looked like they were going to make the Super Bowl, like for for about for a half. And you know you, you got to give credit to them. Like sh- sure, the 49ers executed a big comeback, but oh boy, did did the Lions uh, give it away? Yeah, I people are going to say about the you know fourth down and how uh, the coach should you know should just win for the field goal instead of uh you know attempting to fourth down but i mean 45 yards at 48 yards it's still kind of far i mean still doable of course to get you those six points but you know risk is a risk with those types of plays and you know with how well the lines were doing up to those points i mean you might as well go ahead and try because it was pretty Pretty close to you know your next first down. So, and, here, and here's the thing: I, I know people are like saying, you know, he was an idiot for not going for those field goals and playing it safe. I will never criticize someone for going for the big, going for the big, uh, going for the home run. Essentially, mm-hmm. look, I, look, I am a very much risk adverse guy, but I can always respect someone who's willing, who has the balls to try it at you. It didn't work out, and it is what it is. But I, I got I'll respect the hustle for for like trying to go for it all, even though it basically was what cost him the game. Oh yeah. I mean he's been doing this for pretty much the whole season. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. So I mean he had a pretty good track record of uh, you know, gaining wins off of uh or getting big plays off of those. So I mean they got this far. They are let's see, fourteen and six, I guess you could say after um yesterday's game so i mean they 
they went pretty far. They almost went to the Super Bowl off of, you know, these types of plays. So, I mean, other than that, I mean, if Josh Reynolds didn't, you know, drop a couple of those passes and if Brandon Ayuk didn't catch that miracle uh, <laughs> catch, I would say, uh, to, you know, end with a Niners touchdown. I mean, there were so many like little plays that could have went the other way yet. It went the right way for the 49ers. I mean, so, I mean, in a in a miraculous comeback, sometimes you just need a little luck. The king, I mean, not the Kings. <laughs> the 49ers got got some of that luck. They also got some pick sixes, right? I did miss the third quarter. Third quarter, uh, I'm trying to remember because I somewhat missed that too. I don't recall the picks. Well, well, I, e- well, either way, they they basically tied the game going into the fourth after just looking absolutely dead in the water in the, in the first half. Yeah, uh, the only picks, well, not pick six, but the only pick I remember was uh, in the first half with uh, Brock Purdy throwing it to, uh, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not going to Mal- get the name. For Malcolm me. Rodriguez. Yeah. But, you know, again, let's talk about the 49ers. Just, like, credit to them for being able to come back. And they, they kept the momentum. Like, didn't they basically went – they scored 27 unanswered points or something like that, right? Pretty much, yeah. Like, literally one of the final drives of the game was, you know, Detroit's one lone touchdown in the second half. And they only had, I want to say, what – 50-ish seconds left, 50 somewhat seconds left, and they had to go with the offside kit, onside kit, yeah, you, you know what I mean, um, to hopefully get the ball back, but, you know, <laughs> we got the ball back anyway. Yeah, so credit, I mean, credit to the, credit to just all the 49ers for just staying in tough, not giving up, making some adjustments, and just ultimately... They they came out with one of the best best wins of the season, like I guess like let's talk about some of the players like Brock Purdy, like how like I guess you know they're, they're he's been weirdly polarizing from what I've seen and like in the national media like is he the MVP or does he just like or is he one of the best quarterbacks in the league or is it just because he has so many weapons at his disposal. I'm just going to say he has just a little of everything that you just mentioned. Like, he is very poised. I don't think he, you know, overreacts. I don't, I don't know the word. He's he's just very poised that I could see. Like, he just focuses on uh, what's next and what he should do next. And, uh, you know, with all the weapons, offensive weapons that he has around him, I mean, there's so much he could do with uh, that and you know um how i say it i guess you could give credit to the o-line as well to you know be able to adapt to the detroit lions defense because it was looking pretty brim for that first half and for the second half i believe i don't know if this stat is right I believe he was only sat twice throughout the rest of the game. So that's pretty good. I got to say so for myself. Yeah. So just a good good game from everyone. Like everybody made plays. Like it wasn't a real like team effort, if you will. And uh, yeah, they are now headed to the Super Bowl. 
to face Patrick Mahomes. Again. <laughs> Again. But and I'll have a, a different ch- team. <laughs> yeah, for a very different team. And they have a chance to avenge, what was it, 2020? Was it 2020? Man, time flies. It not gonna lie. Felt like 10 years ago since uh that happened. I, I gotta search it on well, myself. And, pa- and pandemic years, it basically is 10. Yeah, so. it, it was yeah, 2020. So, you know, they have a chance to exact revenge on Patrick Mahomes. And uh, you know, like I I guess it's a stupid question. I mean, Niners or, or Chiefs. I don't I don't know how many times I will say this, but for the NFL, you just never know. Now, in the past two games where you know they played the Packers, they played the Lions. The first half felt very shaky. Both sides of the offense and defense felt very very shaky. So I'm hoping these two week breaks can you know help us build back momentum and hopefully i'm hoping the niners win i'm gonna choose the niners on this one so hopefully this is the year um but you cannot doubt patrick mahomes because oh no go ahead sorry because you know throughout the regular season he's been up and down especially with the team Specifically, his team has been very up and down. But when it comes to playoffs, he turns up. And when it comes to the Super Bowl, he will turn up. I always make the joke, like, you have you have regular season LeBron. And then you have playoff LeBron. And, like, to explain what that's like, for you gaming nerds, it you get uber LeBron in the playoffs. Like that, that's not, that's not the one you fight in story mode. It's like level 50 and you can kind of sleepwalk through. No, it's uber LeBron. You make one mistake, you're dead. And like, that's kind of what Passion Mahomes, honest. So there was a lot of debate after he, well, they beat the Ravens, right? Yes. After they beat the Ravens, is, is he on track to be, to be the GOAT over Tom Brady? And Tom Brady fans stands all all alike get a little nervous about this debate now they're like talking well brady had what four rings i think by 28 like they had to bring that up a lot (laughs) and it's like no he's not brady he doesn't have as many rings as he does like they get a little defensive about it and like you know look i i don't watch enough football to really know Patrick Mahomes seems to be like on his ass. And this kind of like maybe reminds me a little bit of the Jordan versus LeBron debate. But there's a lot of people that are like saying that Mahomes is like probably more skilled than Brady was and like all that stuff. So, like, it, do, what, where do you land on this debate? I got to say, it's tough to say, but I'm not going to lie. Mahomes is like right there like he's creeping up and with you know many more years to come for him as well where brady retired out geez 40 something (laughs) i don't don't remember like yesterday he still probably is playing somewhere (laughs) uh funny story i mean over in the off season they were dicky about signing 
<laughs> Bray to the Niners. There was so the ringer, the guy who the guy who writes football for the ringer, kind of did a weird troll job where he ranked Tom Brady over Brock Purdy as the best quarterbacks in in the league. It was like he was like number twelve, and Purdy was thirteen. What? <laughs> yes, like uh, yeah, Kings. King's Twitter flamed the shit out of him. And I think he just leaned into it and just kept like kept just shitting on Brock Purdy. But yeah, Tom Brady was the number 12 quarterback despite not fucking being on a team. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's that's weird. But yeah, I mean, there was a time where, you know, they were considering uh Tom Brady to be in the 49ers because, you know, a hometown. Uh, hero for Tom Brady. Really? Well, he he was around the Bay Area. I forget where, to be honest. But to be able, how would I say it? Well, I, who knows? Because Tom Brady is already on the decline by the time of his last season he played with the Buccaneers. So I don't think he has that much juice left, especially due to his age. And, you know, Purdy's a lot more mobile, <laughs> for to say the least. So, yeah, I guess you could say things worked out at the end. Well, either way, I mean, you're, you're going to pick 49ers. I really don't have too many allegiances. I will say it does look a little... I mean, look, we're we're in we're in Sacramento. We're like we're close to the bay. This is Niner territory. It's getting a little ridiculous out there. <laughs> like I'm at the gym. There were so many people wearing uh wearing Brock Purdy, no, like 49ers stuff at the gym on Saturday when the game wasn't even happening. And then of course, like after the game, apparently Mission Street, if if you know where that is in San Francisco, yeah, yeah. filled to the brim with 49ers fans. <sighs> oh, oh, Lord have mercy if they actually win. <laughs> It'll be a parade every day until they, the actual parade comes up. <laughs> so just to be a contrarian, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. And like, like Mahomes reminds me, like the 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 debate kind of reminds me of the LeBron versus Jordan. He He's probably LeBron. And well, granted, I don't think LeBron is better than Jordan, but like, if you want to make the case, I'm more than willing to hear it. Like, uh, look, you can't doubt Mahomes. Like, you cannot doubt LeBron James anymore. Like, logic dictates that a 40 year old, a damn near 40 year old, shouldn't should be retiring, should not be anywhere near the level LeBron is playing. Yet LeBron is still a top five player in the league. Oh, yeah. I mean, only time can tell. I mean, Mahomes is already number two in my list if we were going to make a top five. Not going to lie. I mean, now that I think about it, I need to <laughs> recall like, all the quarterbacks that I could remember. But yeah, Mahomes is up there for sure. Tom Brady is still number one. Well, we will see two weeks from now. Yep. Feels like a long time, but it's gonna come by real quick. Not gonna lie. And it will be happening in Vegas, right? Yes. So yeah. it's gonna be lit. Oh yeah. I hope I'm pretty sure a lot of Niners fans gonna be in that side. So maybe there's a home court advantage, but who knows? Because there's 
there's actually quite a few uh Kansas City fans that I um came across just in this side of uh the US so who knows yeah they're just gonna like warp in some from somewhere like Celtics fans did for the for the Celtics game when that when the Celtics came through it's just like they just pop out of nowhere like yeah I mean how, how I say this a lot of people have, I would say pretty negative about um the Niners and uh whatchamacallit um Chiefs uh Super Bowl because you know it just feels like another how I say it Warriors and Cavs finals each and every year if you could make it in that sort of sense interesting okay well I mean like they, they haven't made the Super Bowl since 2020 they've been close but like I I, I, per, I personally don't see it granted don't follow football that closely so you know it, it'll be interesting I, I'll I mean I'll be watching if I can um but like look I, I'm getting more invested in the football. Like I do, I have loved the 49ers. Do you want to call it a rise? It's they've been they've been interesting to follow this season. And you know, Kings fans and Warriors fans, they fucking hate each other, but they will they will put their differences aside for about 24 hours when the 49ers are on. It's one of the funniest things on the internet, I think. Oh yeah. Oh, it's your Raiders fan. Yeah. Uh either way, uh yeah, looking forward to the Super Bowl um yeah it'll be my first super bowl watch watching it live anyway we'll, we'll see if i can watch it live but it would be very interesting to watch oh yeah oh that'd be weird is there a king's game on sunday no they, they won't no they won't put it on super bowl day okay they, they never <laughs> they never put nba games on super bowl day because or, or it's gonna be really early in the day because i remember one year sadipe like had 60 points like it was the only game and it was like at 2 p.m because the Super Bowl was happening that day. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, I guess we shall see what happens on... Uh, I only know the exact date, but I know for sure it's two weeks from now. <laughs> yep, we will be eagerly anticipating. All right, so that is all I have uh, for this episode. Um, I have to actually go go to sleep soon. Um, your boy got to wake up a little bit early tomorrow. So we will call it an episode. I'm not even going to ask you for your thoughts because I don't give a shit about your thoughts right now because I got to go to sleep. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys back on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.